You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Ready to learn some more about the Holy Spirit? So am I. Because <laughs> he always teaches me when I'm teaching, so I'm grateful for that. I wanted to, to talk a little bit about um, God the Father, God the Son, and then God the Holy Spirit. We know that God the Father is the beginning of all things, right? He's the source. He's the origin. He's the creator of everything. He's the giver of life. He's the ruler He's the planner of everything. Everything that's, that's come about has been planned by our Father. We know he's all-powerful, almighty. We, know, we could really go on and on, right, about him, how wonderful he is. But he's the absolute. He's where the buck stops, you know. He is God the Father. And I love that he calls himself Father because that means that he wants relationship with us. He wants us to know that he is our Father, and I, I just, I love him so much. I just, um, I don't know, just as I be, was uh, going over this message, it just really uh, just came alive to me. I mean, every time I go into the Word, I just love the Word. My, I have a Bible study on Thursdays, and that's, I always tell them, the Word's so good today. And they, they say, you always say that. Well, <laughs> it is. It's always good. I'm always excited about it. And then we're going to talk about Jesus the Son. Jesus the Son is the vi- was the visible manifestation of God on this earth in a body. Hallelujah. It, he says that um, in John 14, 9, he says, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? He was everything that God was and is, and he was on the earth, and he came with a plan to fulfill the, the plan of, of God the Father, and he executed it out to the very last. He did every, the Bible calls it every jot and every tittle. That's like a, a period or a dot to an I or a cross to a T. He fulfilled it all. The plan of God was fulfilled in him. And then in Colossians, it says that, that in the, the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in him bodily. The fullness of the Godhead. Wow. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit dwelled in Jesus in bodily form. And he was on this earth, and then we know that he had to praise God. He, he rose from the grave, and he's seated next to the Father. But then he didn't, he didn't want to leave us without someone, right? So he gives us a gift. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 38 through 39. I'm like Quinby. I love hearing Bibles turn, so pages. <laughs> so if y'all want to do that. I don't know, but I, I could not have an iPad up here. There's no way because I have too, so many notes. I would be like, what page is that on in my... <laughs> At least I can kind of look through here. So I'm, I guess I'll always be what you call an old timer. <sighs> Yay, that's right. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can remember back in the day, we would spend, we, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a great place to live. 
And man, we would go to some great meetings. And we would spend hours in the Word. Hours flipping our pages and writing all through our Bible. That's why I have, I've gone through so many Bibles. <laughs> they've been wrote in. They've been to- the pages torn. I mean, it's just, just love it. But the Holy Spirit, let's read that verse together. It says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive, what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. I want us to know one thing first, that the Holy Spirit's a gift. God the Father gave Jesus the Holy Spirit to give to us. It was a gift to us straight from the Father himself. A gift. We can't, can't ignore that. We, can't, we, we need to really reverence that, that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. And, you know, like Pastor was saying, it was in the Old Testament, it's, I mean, not the Old Testament, but in the, um, the King James it says Holy Ghost. Well, Holy, Holy Ghost means Holy Spirit, and Spirit means breath or wind. And I, as I was meditating on that, I thought breath. The breath of God. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. That was his gift to us. His very breath, his very being is what he gave us. And then I think about Genesis chapter 1 where it says that the Spirit of God hovered over the earth. I believe that that Satan was thrown out of, of heaven And I believe that that's why there was chaos on the earth at that time. Because when you throw out evil like that, it creates chaos. And I believe he was when he was recreating the earth, he was hovering over it. I could just picture him just looking down on it and breathing. Just breathing on it. And then when he spoke, that's when the Holy Spirit, the breath of God took action. Because who is the word? Jesus is the word, the living word of God. And and the the living word and the Holy Spirit worked together and created the earth. And then I think about, you know, when uh, when Satan was in in heaven and he was rebelling with all the angels. And just I just I just thought about the breath of God. What What did it take to get the enemy out of heaven? What did it take? I think it just took. And that was it. The breath of God into that word was all it took to get rid of the enemy. You know, we think, oh, well, Michael and all the angels had to fight him. No. God is so much bigger than all that. All it took was his breath to get him out of there. And then we go on and we see that, hallelujah, let me get the rest of my notes first. We see that the Holy Spirit is the um, comforter. He's called the comforter, right? And if we look at scripture in John 16, 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. The comforter. What does that word comforter mean? It means helper. It means defender, strengthener. It comes from the Greek word parakletos, which also means advocate, one who comes along beside you. 
And then I love what it says. It also is one who summoned to plead a cause. I got to thinking about that. What cause is he pleading? He's pleading the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I mean, he's pleading, excuse me, not the Holy Spirit. He's pleading the covenant of God. That's what he's pleading. He wants you to know the covenant of God. He wants you to know this covenant that was made with God the Father and God the Son. See, that covenant was not made with us. It was made with Jesus. But when we, when we come in unison with Jesus and make him the Lord of our lives, and that covenant belongs to us. So he's pleading this covenant with God the Father. And he's, that's one of his, his, his jobs is he's, he wants to reveal this covenant to you. What is it that God has given us? What is it that, that belongs to us in this covenant? So that's what he's pleading. So he's called that advocate. And then he's also called the seal of God. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed. You have to believe first. Then you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Not only does the breath of God, the Holy Spirit of God come into our spirit, man, but he seals it. He seals your spirit, man, to where nothing can, can remove him. He's there. He's not, he's not going anywhere. You know, that word seal means a stamp. It means a signet. You know, back in the day when the kings would have their rings and they would have a, a, an emblem on it. And then if they ever made a decree, they would put... Uh, some wax on this decree and then they would stick the ring on it and that would show that this was from the king and no one was to break that seal or no one ever, no one could change the decree you know you see that in the book of daniel when daniel was thrown into the lion's den think about that i mean the king loved daniel he didn't want him to go in the lion's den he didn't know what these uh, evil people were up to when they had made the decree that you have to worship the king and only the king. And so, of course, we know Daniel went and he worshiped the Lord. And he, wasn't, he had his windows open so everybody could see. And that was the plan of these evil people all along. And then the king figured it out. And he wanted to change the decree, if he could have. But he put his seal on there. So he couldn't change the decree. So we know God saved Daniel, Amen. But that's what the, the seal means. You, it, God's not going to change his mind. It is a done deal. It is, even God himself will not change it. He will not ever change that seal. Hallelujah. Then he's also called our earnest. This is so good to me. Because in Ephesians 1.14, that next verse, it says, Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. To me, this is what it means. This is exciting. Given in advance as security for the rest. The Holy Spirit was given in advance as security for the rest. And I'm thinking, rest? I mean, we're, we're given the down payment is the breath of God, the, the, the power of God himself. And there's a rest? <laughs> I mean, he poured out his best. For us. And it's, it's, it's to say, hey, when you, when you receive the Holy Spirit, God has got, I mean, he's throwing it all at you at once. <laughs> but there's, so, there's even more. It's like, what, what more could there be? 
that just, that just really thrilled me when I saw that. And then he's also called our guide. John 16, 13 says he will guide you into all truth. What truth? It's not the truth of this world. It's the truth of the holy God who knows everything. Everything. Who's the beginning of everything. The source of everything. He is the truth. And the Holy Spirit wants to guide each and every one of us into all truth. His truth. There's nothing that he wants to hold back from us. He wants to reveal it all to us. It's just how hungry are you to know it? He wants you to sit down and talk with him, commune with him, so he can reveal these things to us. I know when I'm standing up here, it's so good because a lot of times the Holy Spirit will give me truth, (laughs) revelation truth, because he's also called the revelator. He reveals things to us. And you'll be standing up here, and all of a sudden something just comes up into your spirit, and you're like, whoa, you've, you've experienced that, Pastor. And you're like, that is so awesome. And it just comes out, and everybody thinks you're just so awesome, and you didn't know nothing. <laughs> you know, it was just the Holy Spirit that just revealed it. It's so good. He's so good. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? He's also the indweller of all believers. Hallelujah. That means he abides in us. We look at um, John 14, 16, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. God himself has come to live in us. His very breath, his very spirit, his everything he is, he's come to live with us. He's come to stay in us, dwell in us, continue in us, remain in us to be present in us and to stand with us throughout all eternity. That spirit that you have experienced, the presence of God that you've experienced in your life is never going to leave you. Never going to leave you throughout eternity. You know, I call him my BFF. He's my best friend forever. He is, I mean, he has been my source through everything. I mean, I've had some very difficult times in the last couple of years. I've lost a bunch of friends. I've lost my sister. I lost my husband. But he has been my strength and my source. And I couldn't live, I couldn't live without him. I don't know how the world does it without Jesus, without the Lord. I don't know how because they're all really one, right? They're all one. Because this is what the Holy Spirit does. And he... Um, He reveals God the Father and God the Son. That's what he does. He wants to reveal God the Father, God the Son. Everything he's about. You know, just like Jesus when he said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, the Holy Spirit says the same thing. He says, when you've experienced me, because we can't see him, but when you've experienced me, you're experiencing God the Father and God the Son. Because he's here to reveal him to you. He's also called our intercessor. Romans 8 26. It says, it says, um, let me just skip down to the back, bottom part. It says, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We're going to be talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's the second part of, uh, to me, it should be for every single believer. Uh, But he comes to pray through us, to intercede for us. He wants you to make it in victory in this life. I have had many a time where I've had to pray in tongues when I have gone through some really tough times. 
of healing. I needed healing in my body. Or I remember when Ron was in the hospital, you know, this was a time when COVID was going on. You couldn't go see him because he did have COVID. He did not die from COVID, just so you know. Um, it's another story. <laughs> but anyways, um, I, I just, the Holy Spirit, I was praying constantly. And it was getting me th- not only through it, but he was interceding for me. It was interceding for my family, for my husband. I mean, I just felt the presence of God so strong. And I don't know how anybody can, can live without having that, that gift that he brings of tongues. Because it is what will set you on, on top of things and not be on the bottom. You know, I see so many people being overtaken by their circumstances. Well, if you've got the Holy Spirit and you utilize his gifts, you're not going to be overtaken by your circumstances. You're going to overtake your circumstances. Amen? Hallelujah. He's also called a teacher. And like I said, the revelator. But in John 14, 26, says this, says this about the comforter. He says, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He is the most awesome teacher. I remember when I got born again, I didn't know diddly. <laughs> I didn't, I was, you know, I'm going to, I'll just go ahead and just give you a little bit of my testimony now. But um, I was, uh, I felt the presence of God at an early age, at age six. At age six, I, I went to church, and I just, I don't know what about it. I just felt the presence of God, and it never left me. And to this day, I can still remember the classroom. I can still remember me just thinking, wow, God is real. And these little kids, I mean, they can experience God at a young age. And I don't, I don't think I got born again at that time, but I knew, you know, like uh, we have heard from Andrew Walmack, he teaches this, that everybody in their lifetime is going to have the opportunity to know that God is real. And, you know, then, then they can pursue him or they cannot. That's your, their choice. But God will make sure that everybody knows that God is real. And at mine was at age six, I knew he was real. And then it was at age 10 that I got uh, actually born again. My dad was in the service. We traveled all over. My mom and dad did not go to church. But I praise God that, you know, the Holy Spirit's all involved in this because he gave me a divine uh, destination and divine appointments because he put us in a place where uh, the next-door neighbor just happened to be a really godly woman who loved the Lord. She was a Baptist, and I love Baptists. That's my whole family's Baptist background. Um, But... She took me to church because she had a daughter my age, and I went to church every time the doors were open because I still felt his presence, even from age six. And I remember hearing the, the song, uh, Just As I Am. I remember that. Oh, my goodness. Every Sunday, that song was sung. And, you know, being in a Baptist church, you don't get saved unless you come down the aisle. <laughs> you got to come down the aisle. And here I was, I was 10 years old, and I had a lot of fears, and I could remember every single service, my heart beating like crazy because I knew that I needed to go and make him my Lord. Well, one Sunday, I took one foot, put it in the aisle, and I'm not, I kid you not, it felt like the Holy, I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit at the time, but it was the Holy Spirit who just took over, and he walked me down the aisle. And I was just crying. At 10 years old, I mean, I was crying so hard. I mean, I get up to the pastor. He's trying to talk to me. I can't even talk. I'm just crying away. 
I mean, I knew, I knew at that moment that I had made the decision to make Jesus Lord, and I knew I was born again. And, of course, I got a water baptized there at that church, and I'm so thankful for that. But, you know, I didn't, I, from that point on, we never, we moved after a couple years from there, and we never, up until I got married, really, we never really went to church. Occasionally, I went to church with a friend, but mom and dad never took us. But I had my Bible that I would sit by my bed because I could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit drawing me and saying, this is your answer. This is what you need. And so I would come home and I would, <laughs> I would um, have my days out, you know, with that. Of course, I was a youth then and you know, hanging out with your friends, and I would come home, at, and before I'd go to bed, I would open up that Bible, and I'd start reading. I do not recommend you going into the Old Testament, which is what I did. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't understand half of what I read, <laughs> probably three-quarters of what I read, uh, but I knew there was life in there, uh, and so that was my journey of just... Uh, in the beginning of getting to know the Lord. And then I'll tell you more about how I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, let's just say that's when the, the teacher began to teach me. I invited him in to be my teacher. And, and that revelation started to come. I saw things I never, I never would have dreamed of in the Word of God. I remember the first time I knew that healing... <laughs> Healing was for me, that God cared if I was healed or not. Or he didn't want me sick. I was living in Tulsa at the time. I remember listening to R.W. Shambach. I mean, I heard him. <laughs> would listen to him. And, uh, you know, all you need is faith in God. All you need is faith in God. And then he would talk about healing and talk about how God wanted you healed. And I was like, really? God wants me healed? God cares because, you know, we were just taught to deal with it, you know, live with your sickness, you know, just deal with it. it. That's not God, just so you know. God doesn't want you to have to deal with it when Jesus has already dealt with it. Amen. He's already done it. Hallelujah. But hallelujah. Let's go on. I mean, I got so much. I've got more notes than probably what I can get through just so I don't want to scare you all. Okay. <laughs> I don't want you to think you're going to have to stay here all day. <laughs> Although I could do that if Pastor would let me. <laughs> all right. Um, he's also called the Spirit of Truth. In John 14, 17, it says, Even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. Say, I know him. For he dwells in me. Hallelujah, and shall be in you. This is what Jesus was saying to the disciples. He's saying the, the spirit of truth, hallelujah, he is truth. Not just bringing you truth, he is truth. Hallelujah. But not only that, it's just, I mean, he's, the, he's so much more. He's the spirit of God, the spirit of life. He's a witness. He's the imparter of gifts. You know, the gift of the Holy Spirit comes bearing gifts. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's how our God is. He comes bearing gifts, and there's so many of them. We know the gifts of the Spirit. When you walk in the gifts of the Spirit, man, there's nothing like it. It's a, it's a, you just like go from another level to another level. It's just like when the, when the Holy Spirit uses you, 
You're like, wow. And I've had that happen several, many times in my life, but every time it happens, it's like, wow, this is awesome. And like I said, he is the manifestation of God the Father and God the Son. I wanted to, to kind of go in a different direction. Um, I'm going to skip that verse there. I want to go into the life of Peter. Peter, to me, and the disciples, but mostly Peter. How many can relate to Peter? He was always messing things up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> putting his foot in his mouth and doing crazy stuff. And uh, I, I, I really love Peter because um, I want to meet him when I get to heaven. I'm sure I will. Because I, I felt like that many a time. I've really messed up, put my foot in my mouth, and just done stupid things. And But if you look in John chapter 20... In verse 16, it talks about, this is after Jesus had, had died on the cross and he had risen from the grave. And this is when Mary Magdalene had went to the tomb and she finds it empty. It's, it's just empty. And she's thinking, where is he? What have they done with him? And then he appears to her and he tells her, don't touch me because I, I have not went to the Father yet. And he says, go back and tell the disciples. Of course, the disciples, they, they're like, what? You don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're just another one of those crazy girls. But they went and they found everything exactly like she said. And so they're going back to their, where they were at. And then it says here, we're picking it up in verse 19. It says, then the same day at evening. This, this, is, this was early morning when he saw Mary. And then the same evening. The disciples are together. It says, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. They, I mean, Jews just killed Jesus, so I guess I'd be afraid too, wouldn't you? So it says, Jesus, though, he came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now I want you to just remember that word, peace be with you. When he'd said this, he showed them his hands and his side, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. How many would you, of you would be glad to see the Lord after going through all that? He's, he's alive. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Now I want, I want us to think about that word peace. You know, Pastor was talking about this not too long ago. Um, you know, when the angels says peace on earth, goodwill to men. You know, you think, well, hey, that's just peace, brother. <laughs> it's okay. Everything's going to be all right now. Just have peace. No, he was talking about peace, the peace treaty that, that Jesus was. He was our peace treaty. He had taken his blood up. In that day, in that very day, from that morning until that evening, he had been in the presence of God in the mercy seat presenting his blood to God the Father. And there was a peace treaty that was given to all mankind because he had, he, God the Father had received that blood. And now he said, now the peace treaty is done. What's so great about this peace treaty is we don't have to do nothing except receive it. God the Father did in Jesus everything that needed to be done. Jesus executed everything to bring that peace to us. So he was telling the disciples, peace to you. Peace is now available to all mankind. It's been made, peace has been made with God, by God the Father. That's a good word, Gather. It's like when I call my children, I have Adam and Steve, and I'll call them, Statham, get over here, you know. You know how, I mean, how many mothers have done that, okay? All right. 
As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Breathed. The Spirit of God, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So I, this is, to me, there may be some other uh, theologians that disagree, but this is where I believe the disciples got born again. They believed Jesus was the Son of God, and hopefully, after seeing him raised from the dead, they believed he rose from the dead, right? And that's what you got to do to believe. And so at this point, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them, so they got born again. The disciples were born again, except for Thomas. He was born again eight days later because he didn't believe it. But then Jesus appeared to him and showed him, said, hey, stick your hands in, my, in the holes and the scars in my hand. I just think that's pretty awesome. He breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. So then we look at Peter, and he's like, you know, he's already seen Jesus several times, right? He's seen him several times. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I can't say I would be any different from Peter. But this is what happens when we go down to John 21. It says, we'll go starting in verse 3. Now, this is after everything had happened. Like I said, he'd already seen the Lord several times. And Simon Peter says to the other disciples who are with him, he says, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going to go with you also. Okay. Here they are. They've had the the risen Savior, the Messiah. They've experienced and they've seen him. And they're going fishing. To me, this is what happens when we get born again. For a lot of Christians, you're like, what do I do with this, God? This is exciting. This is wonderful. But what do I do? You go back to what's comfortable. You go back to what you know. And I think that's where the disciples were. They were like, what do we do now? We, we, don't, we don't know what to do. They were born again. They loved the Lord. They, but they didn't know what to do. So they went back to what is comfortable. It says they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But that night... Changed Peter's life forever. Because that's the night that Jesus appears on the, on the shore. And as they're fishing, uh, he says, the man on the shore, which they didn't know was Jesus at the time, says, throw your nets out on the side. And uh, John immediately, they, you know, they threw it over, and John immediately, he says, that's Jesus. And what does Peter do? He's the one that always gets out of the boat, Right? <laughs> He jumped out and he ran to shore. And this is where, this is where um, Jesus has that, that uh, talk with him about, do you love me? And I could go into about the different kinds of love he's talking about here. But what he's saying, do you love me more than these, Peter? Do you love me more than going back to what is comfortable for you? Do you love me more than, than fishing? Peter had already denied him three times. He'd already made a bunch of mistakes. But but Jesus is saying, do you love me? Do you love me enough to go further? You've been born again. Do you love me enough to go further? Do you love me enough to where you have to trust me for everything? And we know that Peter did exactly what Jesus said. They ended up going back to Jerusalem. And uh, he said in, uh, I think, Acts 1... Four through five, let's read that. It says, And being assembled together with them, this is Jesus, he appears to them, 
okay, in Jerusalem. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when Peter was out talking with the Lord, when he was fishing, he made a choice. He made a decision after that conversation with the Lord. He said, I'm going. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. And so when, when he goes to Jerusalem and, and, and Jesus says, stay here, he's like, yes, we're going to stay here. We're going to, whatever God's got for us, we're going to go for, forward with that. And I'm just going to challenge you. If you've been born again, but you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, are you ready to go forward? Are you ready to go for the more? Because God had a great plan for Peter. But he wasn't going to be fulfilled if he was just born again. And being born again is awesome. We're going to go make heaven our home. But we're not going to be a whole lot of good on this earth without the rest of the story, right? And so when he, you know, of course, none of them really understood what this meant. What, what is it going to mean to be baptized with, with the Holy Spirit? They didn't understand that. But that word baptized means immersed. Immersed. So God was saying, you know, I've already sent my seal, my spirit, into your spirit. But I'm going to pour out, immerse you in my Holy Spirit to where it's not just about your spirit anymore. It's about so your, even your mind, your, your soul can experience the Holy Spirit. Your body can experience it so that you can be so saturated like a, like a sponge that you just drip on everybody. <laughs> You just, it just comes out. You know, like Brother Quinby was saying, though, once you get a sponge and, and, you, and you start to use it after you've immersed it in water, how many knows it starts to get dry? How many has ever experienced that dryness? you got to be immersed over and over again. It's not a one-time thing. It's immersing yourself willingly over and over in the Holy Spirit. Now, the language will come at the very beginning but it will come even more as you continue to immerse yourself in the Holy Spirit. And you need that. You need that. So here they are. They're in this, in, in, in Jerusalem, and they're waiting for this baptism. And then the, the Bible says there was a, a sound of, as a, of a rushing, mighty wind. What does spirit mean? Breath and wind of God. I be, you know, I can just picture God just blowing <laughs> On, on that whole congregation of what well, they had 120 there, uh, just blowing his spirit. I mean, it was rushing and it was mighty. And I think this was when God permanently put his Holy Spirit on the earth so that anybody, anywhere could receive this gift that he's given us. So he blew on them. I mean, that's the sound of the rushing mighty wind. And then it says, they began to speak in other tongues, right? All these languages of people. At that time, this was at the, when uh, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost had fully come. There's a lot of people in Jerusalem. It was filled from people all over the world. And they spoke all different languages. And back then, you know, they didn't have windows like we got windows. They were speaking very loudly, 120 people being very loud, and they were, they were doing this. They were praising God and, and declaring his works. 
And people were hearing this and saying, what's going on? Are they drunk? Or what, what, what's happening? And they could hear them. I mean, just because you're speaking in, the, in tongues does not mean you cannot understand what's going on around you. That doesn't mean that you just, you have no control. No, you've got control. The Holy Spirit always lets you have control. And so they knew what was going on. So this is what happens in verse 14 of chapter 2. It says, but Peter, standing up with the eleven. I want you to see what happens to Peter. But Peter, standing up with the eleven. Now, the eleven are standing up with him. They're all, all of them are standing up together. There's ten of them, actually, because Judas died. But um, Peter, all of a sudden, he's getting what boldness, a boldness that's coming on him. And he stands up. And I want you to see this. He says, he raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And then he begins to tell them all that had transpired in Jerusalem. He begins to tell them everything that happened. He begins to give scripture in the Old Testament or the Old Covenant and begins to tell them why this had to happen, why Jesus had to go to the cross. You think Peter knew all that? He didn't know it. The Holy Spirit knew it. But Peter had to do something to activate the Holy Spirit. He had to stand up and he had to open his mouth and begin to speak. And that's when the Holy Spirit begins to move through you. You know, you can receive the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and never stand up, never open your mouth, and you will never see the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. We have a part to play in all of this, and it's an exciting part. I know that I've had to do the very same thing that Peter did. I had to make myself stand up, open my mouth, because I've told you before that I had a lot of fears. I mean, there was no way he was going to catch me standing up in front of anybody until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then he began to change my thinking, and I began to see myself like he saw me. That I could do anything. And so I'd be, even in, when the fears would come, I could see myself teaching because I always wanted to be a teacher from the youngest of age. I could see myself teaching. He caused me to step out and, and do some things <laughs> that I look back on now and I'm like, man, <laughs> I can't believe I did that. <laughs> Ron and I started our church, you know, with nobody there, and uh, we didn't have anybody up there to sing for us. I didn't know how to play the piano at the time. I did learn, praise God, with the help of the Holy Spirit. But uh, we did karaoke. <laughs> how many of you have ever done karaoke in church? <laughs> you do what you got to do, you know? When God calls you to do something, you do whatever, whatever he tells you. So I get up there, and I'm, I'm at my church, and I'm having to do karaoke in front of everybody. Of course, at that time, there was only a few. <laughs> but we did grow. Um, but you know what? I didn't even care. The Holy Spirit, just his presence was on me so much. I did not care. I, do, I did a lot what uh, Katie does a lot of and Liz does a lot of. I would just get up in the floor singing, and I would just even lay down in the presence of the Lord, just letting the karaoke song go on. But I didn't care. I was just like, I am praising the Lord. I mean, there's a boldness that comes on you. 
and it changes your life and who you are forever. Forever. I don't want to go back to that fear-ridden girl that, that was so afraid to do anything. I don't want to go back to that girl that couldn't sleep at night, just so afraid. I don't want to go back to that. He's given me so much more, and this is part of, of what he doesn't want any Christian to do without. When you get born again, it was never God's intent that it be something that you choose. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, it was always God's intent that you get baptized, immersed in the fullness of his Holy Spirit. It was always God's intent. Hallelujah. He wants every one of you. And the only thing stopping people today is fear. What are people going to think? What are they going to say? What if, what if I start saying something that's not God? I mean, I said all those things. What happened to me with my testimony is that after God moved us to Tulsa, well, first off, Ron and I had to get married because um, I had told the Lord, I'd made a promise to him. I said, God, if you would just get Ron and I to where we can, we can afford to get married, I will serve you. Now, I'm not going to church. Remember, I'm just reading my Bible at night. I will serve you. So God makes a way to where that his uh, company's plants, or not plant, but place closes down in Birmingham, and they make it available in Tulsa. And like I said, Tulsa is the best place if you want to. If you want to know the word, if you want to uh, get baptized in the Holy Ghost, go, go to Tulsa. It's a good, good place to go. So he sent us there. I had no idea about this about Tulsa. I, I didn't know nothing. But as soon as I got a job there, I mean, it was, I, mean I had to get a job pretty quick. Um, God sends a girl there that's my age. Actually, she's, I was 19 when I got married. I was 40 years married. And uh, she was like 17 or 18. She invited me to church to the Assemblies of God Church. I think I'd said that before the last time I was here, but um, I didn't know what Assemblies of God Church was. All I knew was Baptist Church. <laughs> That's all I, all I knew was a Baptist. Um, and I just said, okay, as long as it's not a Holy Roller Church. Which I didn't even know what Holy Roller meant. I just heard that too, you know. I just said, that everybody said, stay away from them. You know, because, you, you know, I'm, I'm in deep south, you know. Deep south, they have a lot of Baptist churches. <laughs> and so um, I went and I heard somebody talking in a tongue when I, the very first service. And, you know, of course, my heart's beating. I'm like, what's going on here? It's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, but the Holy Ghost inside of me said, it's God. It's God. And so my friend, who is well beyond her years, she began to talk to me about the Holy Spirit, said I needed him, and um, don't be afraid of him. It's, if you want more of God, if you want everything he's got for you, then just, just submit to him. So they bring in an evangelist. And I go on these services, you know, these evangelistic meetings, how they are at Assemblies of God Church. <laughs> So, um, of course, every night they're having people come up to the front and uh, come on up to the front and get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, yes, okay, God, I want more of you. But, of course, remember still, I'm still got a lot of fears. I'm afraid. So I go up there, 
And then surrounded by all these women. <laughs> How many of you experienced that? Okay, all right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. All these women are speaking in tongues, and they're just telling you, okay, whatever, whatever comes up inside of you, just speak. And I'm just petrified that all these women know that I'm not, I'm not that good of a Christian, you know? I have, I have not even... I thought Job was Job. You know, that's the kind of a Christian I was. Um, I mean, I didn't know nothing. I just had a hunger for more of God. I wanted everything he had for me. And so... You know, I, I don't know how the Holy Spirit got through all that fear and all that stuff that was going on around me, but I heard a couple words, and they said, just whatever comes up in your spirit, speak it. I spoke a couple words. I wasn't like Brother Quinn B. where it was just, woo wonderful, wonderful language just came on me. I had a couple words, and I was thinking the whole time, did I just make that up? <laughs> what did I do? God, did I just blaspheme you? What did I do? Um, and no, I did not. I just, I went back to my chair. My friend told me, she says, the devil's going to come to you and tell you it's not God. Don't listen to him. He says, the minute he does that, you just keep speaking more in tongues. The more you do it, the more you're going to get it. And do you know, by faith, for several years, I did that just because of my friend. Just because I listened to her. Because immediately I left, and that's exactly what happened. The enemy came, and he told me it wasn't God. And I would just say, no, you're a liar. My friend told me you're a liar. <laughs> she said that I just keep spray, praying in tongues, and that's what I did. And I didn't realize it, but the revelator, the teacher, began to teach me. He began to show me things in the Word of God. I began to hunger for the Word of God like I've never hungered before. I wanted him every breath, every breath that I took. I wanted him. I was in church constantly. My husband, he was like getting jealous. He's like, what's going on over at that church? You know, I'm hanging out with all the youth, all the, because I was only 19, you know, and uh, I'm hanging out with all them, but they're all hungry for the Lord. So I'm like, this is it. I, I want to be in church. I want to be where it's happening. And then my husband, of course, gets jealous and comes to church, praise God. Because he had, he had fallen away from the Lord as well because he got born again at age 10. But um, praise God, I continued, continued on with that. But it started to, to set a fire inside of me. And I began to burn with a love and a desire for the Holy Spirit. And it didn't happen until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I just, I, you know, I don't know what time it is. Let's see. i got to beat this watch sometimes. Okay, it's 11.30. All right, so it's a quarter till, right? Um, hallelujah. I was so hungry. I began to, to visualize things that I wanted to do, and I could see myself doing them because the, the presence of the Holy Spirit was telling me I could. He was telling me I could do anything. And so my husband, praise God. God uses mysterious things, you know. He used a, a pot-smoking person, <laughs> friend <laughs> of my husband, to get him going back to, to really getting into church. And they, they both got on fire. My husband ends up getting baptized in the Holy Spirit in, in his yellow, ugly VW Beetle. <laughs> Okay, that's what he had. <laughs> he said, there's not a whole lot can go wrong with these. Well, everything that could go wrong went wrong with that thing. <laughs> so 
So, but he got, he got filled with the Holy Spirit in his car. And that man, I'm telling you, talk about change. He changed even more dramatic than I did. Him and his friend would go through the streets of Tulsa, and they would go pray for the sick. They would see people healed. They would see people delivered. They saw one crazy guy in this, this bus station that was put, everybody was outside the bus station because nobody wanted to be in there. This guy was so crazy. And Ron and his friend just happened to be going through there and saw all the people outside, and they were like, what's going on? They, they tell him, so they go inside looking for this guy. They find him in the bathroom. And so I could go into the long story of what happened in there. Uh, it wasn't a pretty sight, this guy. I mean, he stunk. He, he was grotesque. His, his language was terrible. Um, but the Holy Ghost penetrated this man through two guys that really didn't know anything about nothing. They just knew that they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they thought they could do anything. <laughs> so they go into this bathroom, and they end up... Well, they're ta- as they're talking to him, the police come. They open up the door, and they look in, and they say, looks like you got it under control. <laughs> so they just left. So here my husband is with his friend, and they end up casting out this devil out of this guy. And this guy was forever changed. My husband ended up seeing him like a year later, and he's married in his right mind, and he's just a new man. And that's what... The Holy Spirit can do for you. But you got to be the one that steps out, steps up. My husband took to the streets. That was the way, way he was going to let the Holy Spirit flow, flow through him. Now, I, at that time, I was, ended up uh, uh, getting pregnant and having uh, our first boy, so I had to stay home a lot. He got to do all the fun stuff. <laughs> well, I stayed home. But I was, at that time, just kept feeding myself with the word. And it, I just, listen, I'm just, I'm just here to tell you that if you want more to God, if you know there's more to God and you have not experienced it, or maybe you've experienced just a little bit and you were told, well, you're just going to speak in tongues just for a little bit and that's all you're going to get, you know, that's it. No, that's a lie. There's more. There's so much more to the Holy Spirit. And he wants to fill each one of you. And um, I, if it's okay, I want to have the altar workers come up. And if you wouldn't mind, Kingston, pipe. But I wanted, if anybody has not been filled with the Holy Spirit, it is your time to do it. Don't sit on the back burner and just keep waiting for something else to happen, to, for God to, to take over. No, he's waiting for you to take a step. Come. Fill, fill, fill up your life. Immerse yourself in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.